Uninformed immigrants are at a huge disadvantage in court, in financial and legal matters, and also sometimes in life. Well, what can we do about it? I'll tell you what. We can train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants to maximize their lives regardless of their immigration status. And that's exactly what we're going to do here. I am your immigration lawyer and host, Otis Landerholm, and this is the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. On this episode, we're going to see an episode of the Empowered Immigrant Live, which is a webcast that I do every Thursday on Facebook and on YouTube for the immigrant community. If you have any immigrant questions or immigration questions, feel free to join us on Thursday for the next one. And for now, enjoy the episode. And today our theme is what if reform never happens? All right, and yes, I've got my Santa hat on because it's December 23rd, 2021. And this topic, uh, you know, I mean, this isn't just a Christmas topic, right? And so, uh, so thank you to everyone who's here and ask your questions. We've got 30 minutes to discuss this topic in English. Then we'll do this episode in Spanish. Gracias a todos que sometieron sus preguntas en español. Vamos a tener ese taller en español en 30 minutos. Okay? Gracias. Thank you. So let's talk about the basics. As always, we want to start with the basics. And the bad news is that the Build Back Better Act didn't pass this year. It didn't pass. All right? So 2021 is another year with no immigration reform. All right? No reform has passed in 2021. It is another year where Congress has failed to do its job to fix our broken laws, especially related to our broken immigration system. So that's the bad news. That's where we're at. And the good news, well, the good news, you know, I mean, I don't know, it's Christmas this weekend. I'm happy about that. Like, go be with your family this weekend, all right? Go be with your family. Enjoy it. I hope that this is a great weekend for you. Um, and thank you to everyone who's here, and thank you for everyone who's watching. And thank you, really. Like, just thank you, all right? I couldn't be who I am without, without you, right? Without somebody paying, paying attention to what we're doing and saying. So today, I want to discuss what it would mean if immigration reform never passes, okay? Because think about it. Think about it. You know, I, I like to think positive, but it's important to keep life in balance. It's important to think about the negative sometimes, too. And here's the truth. If reform never passes, the laws would be the same as they are right now. All right? They'd be the same, pretty much the same, okay? Which means that 11 million people and growing would remain undocumented in the United States. That would just continue on. That's a depressing thought. And 10,000 people have died crossing the border. Did you know that? And so more people would continue to die crossing the border if immigration reform never passes. Right now, there are 1.3 million immigration cases in our backlogs. So if immigration reform doesn't pass, 
we will still have 1.3 million cases in our backlogs and growing, okay? And hundreds of thousands of people will continue to be deported every single year. That's what would happen. There you go. There you go. And let's go even more, right? If reform never passes, people will be stuck with the same basic legal options to come out of the shadows. And what are those basic options? Well, let's go through them for a second, all right? U visas for victims of serious crimes, abuse, harm here in the U.S. and who've cooperated with law enforcement, all right? Asylum for people who are fleeing for their lives from persecution, threats, and violence. Family-based green cards for people who are married to U.S. citizens and if they can qualify for waivers if they need them. Cancellation of removal in immigration court for people with spouses, children, or parents who are U.S. citizens or green card holders and who would suffer from like a crazy illness or who otherwise like depend on them for their basic survival. VAWA for people who've been abused by U.S. citizen or green card holding spouses. DACA, right, for people who entered before they were 16 as children. That's basically it. That's basically it. And a lot of those options are kind of tapped out. They're kind of tapped out. There's not a lot of, you know, there are more people out there that can qualify for them. And if you're in that situation, if you might qualify, hey, let's figure that out and let's apply. Absolutely. But there's a lot. There's thousands of people, millions of people who don't fit into those little, neat little categories, Congress which is why we need to do something about this, Congress, all right? And if reform never happens, people will not be free to travel back to their countries, right? Did you know that thousands of people are basically stuck here? Because if they left, they would trigger a bar. If reform never passes, people will continue to pass Christmas without their families. All right, people will continue to pass Christmas and basically on Zoom. All right, who wants to have Christmas on Zoom? Who wants to be, you know, using technology to be with the people that they love because they can't be there in person? All right, anyway, that's what it'll, that's what it'll be if reform doesn't pass. And I just said a lot. Listen to all that. Listen to all that. And guess what, everybody? I remain optimistic. What? You're an immigration lawyer. You know all the problems that are out there. You know how difficult this all is. And you still remain optimistic? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. That's right. I said it. I believe immigration reform will pass. I believe it will. I believe in progress. All right. I believe that like that as time goes on, things do get better. And maybe I'm completely, maybe I'm out of touch 
all right? Maybe I'm like, maybe I'm just flat out wrong. But I believe that the system gets better over time, all right? I believe in immigrants, and I believe in the system. And yes, it's frustrating. And yes, it's broken. And yes, it's going to take an enormous amount of time and work and effort and struggle and pressure to cause change and to get other people with differing beliefs to listen and to enter a dialogue. But you know what, people? I am optimistic. I'm optimistic. In my opinion, let's keep our eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the prize. Laws must change. Laws will change. All right? My favorite quote, my favorite quote ever, comes from Martin Luther King Jr. He says that the ark, the ark of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And in my opinion, the fight for immigrants' rights is the struggle for justice of the 21st century. All right? I'm honored to be in that fight. And I believe I'm fighting on the right side. All right? You know my other favorite quote? It's one that I grew up believing to my soul. All right? My other favorite quote is just that we should love our neighbors. We should love our neighbors. Which, in my opinion, means that we should welcome them and not detain them and not deport them, and not leave them to die in the desert. So now this is crazy, right? Because it's Christmas time. This is crazy, but in my opinion, <laughs> you can agree with me or disagree with me. You can think whatever you want to think about this. In my opinion, God, in my opinion, the universe, in my opinion, energy, in my opinion, humanity is on our side. Should I say that again? All right. In my opinion, God is on our side. Energy, everything is on our side. And that is why I believe in it. And that is why I believe that, yes, in the end, we will prevail. We will win. All right? We will win. We will be able to change the hearts, the minds of other people. We will be able to pass some kind of legal immigration reform. I believe it. Do you? I invite you to. I believe it. That's all I have to say. That's my message. That's my message. Merry Christmas. Love you. All right? That's all I have to say. I wish you a very Merry Christmas. Hey, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope out there. Keep your passion out there. 
Live this Christmas. Live it with your hearts, your minds. Share your love with the people that are in your lives. It's all that matters, people. It's all that matters. All right, that's all I got to say. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for being with me. And I want to answer your questions because I did receive some amazing questions. All right? And I see the people that are saying hello uh, on Instagram. I love, I love this. Man, it's so cool. So cool. Um, thank you for everyone who's here, really. And I want to answer some questions because I know you've got questions. And if I haven't answered it yet, hey, please send me your question. That's cool. All right, send it to me. So here's the deal. Caesar, Cesar, Caesar, you ask, are there any updates on DACA for first-timers wanting to apply since it was blocked? Hey, Caesar, thank you so much. That's a great question. Thank you for ask, asking it. So yes, right? Yes. In fact, I will do a whole live episode on DACA in the new year. All right, it's going to be one of our first episodes. But here's the thing. DACA was blocked by the court in Texas. The federal court in Texas blocked DACA for first-time applicants. And that decision happened on July 16th of 2021. You probably remember it. All right. Then, uh, you know, and, and so and, and since that time, DHS has still been receiving. They've still been accepting applications for DACA, both for initial applications and renewal applications for DACA, but they just aren't allowed to approve the initial applications, all right, until they pass new regulations. So until the new regs get passed, we can't get our initial DACA cases approved. So here's the thing. DHS created new regulations, and they drafted them. They submitted their first draft in September. They received a whole bunch of comments related, regarding it, and the comment period ended fairly recently, right, on November 29th of 2021. And so now DHS is looking at those comments and they will issue a publication date. All right. They will do that. And so once it's published, once it's like there, once the regulations are live, then we'll, then we'll know what's the game plan for DACA and what's it going to look like. And my guess is it's going to look exactly, more or less, exactly like it had been implemented for all these years since 2012, it'll just be formalized in the regulation process, which should satisfy this particular federal court order um, from Texas. So I hope that was useful. Uh, Cesar, thank you for that great question. All right. The next question comes from Carlos. Carlos, hello. I hope you're there. Carlos, you're actually my client. So I, I, I won't share your last name on here, but I see it, all right? So hello, thank you for being with me. And Carlos, you ask, my daughter is turning 19 this year, and I understand when she turns 21, she can petition me. But do I have to wait until she's 21 to file the petition? Or can she file first? And then, you know, then she can be 21 by the time I get my interview. All right, this is a great question, Carlos. Thank you so much for asking it. And I'd be happy to talk to you about this uh, over the phone if you want to, but I love it. Thank you for asking it. And honestly, I wish all clients would come on, ask questions that they want to get clear about. I love it. I love it. So here's the way it works. The regulations say that a child must turn 21 first in order to be even eligible to petition their parents. Okay? 
like if they file that petition too early, like it's a cool strategy. I'm glad you're asking it. You're thinking, you're thinking ahead of the box. That's great. It's a, it's a, it sounds like a smart strategy, but what you'll find is, is if you file the petition too early, USCIS will reject it or they could deny it outright. All right. And they'll say, no, it's filed too early. You got to wait until you're 21 and then you can file the petition. Okay. And so that's what we do. That's what we do. But what I love about your question, Carlos, which thank you for asking it. And for everybody out there, you know, our firm or an immigration lawyer, right? The law office, the part, the process of it, we can start preparing the petition early. All right. So typically, you know, a month or two early or, you know, three months early, contact our office and let's let's start gathering everything and let's go through everything and let's get the evidence together, have everything, you know, signed, sealed, ready so that on the day she turns 21, it's ready to be reviewed, signed, put in the envelope and filed with the government. And there's like ready to go. All right. Because on that day, we can send it off. Okay. And that's the, that's the most complete, most correct answer to that question. It's a great question. Thank you for it. All right. The next question comes from Uma. Uma, you ask, I've been here in the USA for the past 23 years. Can I get a green card? Wow. Uma, thank you. Great question. Great question. Thank you for asking it. You know, um, Unfortunately, uh, there's no law that allows someone to get a green card based on the length of time uh, with one exception. I don't know if I've ever talked about this. There's an ancient law, all right? There's an old law. Uh, pay attention if you know somebody that's like old. <laughs> it's hard to say it like that. There's an old law called registry that allows you to adjust status if you're an immigrant and you've been physically present in the United States since, since when? Since January 1st of 1972 until today. You're an immigrant. You've been in the U.S. since January 1st, 1972 until today. You've never left. No problems. You're admissible. You can just get a green card. All right. I don't know if you knew, I don't know if you knew that. All right. But aside from that, you know, Uma, it looks like you've been here for the past 23 years, so you date back to like 1998, it sounds like, 1999, my math is right, right? Uh, anyway, <laughs> late 1990s, so not the 19, early 1970s, right? And so no, uh, there's no way to get a green card just through that, and so we've got to look at other stuff. Uma, we got to look at other stuff. Call, do a consultation. Let's figure it out. Are you eligible for a U visa? Have you been the victim of abuse, crime, harm here in the U.S.? Do you have family? Are you married to a U.S. citizen? Do you have a U.S. citizen boyfriend? Do you have a U.S. Or sorry, do you have a boyfriend or a relationship with someone who maybe could have a case themselves? And maybe you could be a derivative on their case. There are other options, all right? And sometimes we got to think creatively. Sometimes we got to think outside the box, people, all right? And we've got to say, hey, maybe immigration reform doesn't happen anytime soon. And so let's think outside the box and think, okay, these are the laws we've got to work with. Now let's think creatively and strategize it so you can maximize your chances of being able to use one of those laws. That's what immigration lawyering is all about. 
All right, it's like, how can we solve this legal puzzle so that we can maximize our chances of getting our clients documents so that they can be free to live their lives? That's what it's about. All right, so give us a call, Uma. We'd love to look at that. The next question comes from Andres. Andres, you say, my girlfriend is going to marry me to help me, but she hasn't done her taxes in the last three years because she is working in Colombia. We married today. Wow, congratulations. You married today. That's cool. Okay, we married today, and she's going to Colombia tomorrow. Uh-oh. Okay, we got to talk about this. For her work, could we have a problem with our case? Okay, Andres, time out. Time out. All right? First of all, thank you for asking this. All right? You are going to have some problems with your case. All right? Like, hold the phone just for a second. All right? First of all, the simple issue is that to be a sponsor, to be a sponsor, which yes, you will need a sponsor to adjust status in the US, the sponsor has to be both living and domiciled in the United States, all right? So there's that issue. But the bigger issue, the bigger issue is she can't have gotten married to you just, quote unquote, to help you with your immigration case, all right? So, Here's the deal, right? To win a case under immigration law, you can't just marry someone to help them with their immigration case. You have to show, you have to have evidence, you have to establish that the purpose of your marriage was to form a life together. So if your girlfriend or your wife now is in Colombia and you're here, USCIS is just gonna be suspicious immediately that that's marriage fraud, okay? Like, heads up, time out, all right? My best advice is hold the phone, time out, do not file that case right away, wait for your wife to move back in, to move back to the U.S. and live together and establish your life together first, all right? And then file your green card because you want to win your green card. You don't want to put yourself into deportation proceedings, all right? You gotta, you gotta be careful. You gotta be cautious with how you do this because otherwise it can all backfire on you and I have seen it, okay? I have seen it. People come to our office after the fact. Now they're facing deportation because, oops, I didn't know that we had to establish that we married, you know, uh, not, not solely for immigration purposes. Yes, you do. Surprise, you got to. It's part of the laws, all right? So, okay, great. Andres, best of luck. If you want help with that or other advice or whatever, contact my office. I'd love to walk you through that. All right, the next question that I have here is from Tokunbo. Tokunbo, cool name, man. Cool name. Thank you for that. And thank you for your question. You ask, my granddad filed... Sorry, I'm getting a phone call. Let me, let me turn it off. I hope that didn't affect, like, my live stream on the phone. Anyway, hopefully it didn't. Thanks to everyone and welcome to be and thank you for being here. All right. Tokumbo, you say my granddad filed for my whole family back in 2008 and got accepted in 2011 and we were allowed to start the processing in 2020, but I was excluded. Got it. Can I seek asylum without it affecting my family's process? Got it. Got it. Tokumbo. Hey, thank you. Thank you. I, I, uh, that's a bummer, all right? That's a bummer of a situation. That's a bummer of a question. I'm sorry you're in that situation, 
all right? Question for you. Do, do you know why your case was excluded from your families? Like, are they saying you aged out? Or was there like a criminal issue or a criminal arrest or conviction? Or was there immigration fraud or a deportation issue? All right, is that like what caused your case to be excluded from the rest of your family's case? And honestly, the other side of your question is, could you seek asylum without it affecting your family's proceeding? I mean, the answer to that is yes, you can seek asylum if you're legally eligible for asylum. And, and yes, uh, you can uh, seek asylum and it would not affect your family's process. All right, it would not. Okay, typically wouldn't, at least, as long as everything's honest and all that. And, like, please, 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 don't just apply for asylum without making sure that you have a winnable case first. Like, you've been, it sounds like you've been here since 2008. Did I hear that right? Like, if that's true, like, asylum, you're supposed to file within your first year of entering the U.S., so Tokunbo, like really be careful, be careful with this stuff because this is your life at stake, right? If you file asylum and if you lose, you can get yourself into deportation proceedings. You can get yourself deported, okay? And right now, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if everybody knows this. Listen up. Right now, more than 70% of asylum cases are denied. I should say that again. More than 70% of cases, people that file for asylum lose, all right? The vast majority of cases are being denied. Now, that's nationwide. That's the, that's the way it is. Now, think about that. Think, let me just say this for a second, all right? 70% of cases nationwide get denied for asylum. In my office, 85% get approved, all right? 70% get denied nationwide. In my firm, 85% get approved. That's the value right there of working with a lawyer who knows this stuff, of consulting with a lawyer who knows this stuff, all right? Like, in my firm, we will be honest. Hey, do you have a winnable case or don't you? Is it worth applying for asylum or isn't it, all right? And so when you're dealing with asylum, please contact a lawyer who knows what they are doing, all right? Okay, that's all I'll say about that. We're getting a couple of other questions, and then I got to wrap up because I'm late for my Spanish, my my Spanish uh, talk here. All right, so um, I got one from Fatima. You say hello, thank you so much, Fatima. I see Victor on there. You're saying great. All right, hello, thank you. I see one from RS uh, Dari or RS Diari. You applied for a U visa in 2018. When do you think I can get my work permit? Okay, that's a great question. The process has changed. We've got videos about the U visa. I'm not going to go into it right now, but my guess is not too much longer, all right? They're unraveling a new process, and it is taking time to get, it, get them out there. But as long as your U visa was filed properly, it should be happening, all right? It should be happening. Um, I see some other uh, messages. I'm going, to have to, um, I'm going to have to cut it there. But uh, Daniel, I see your question. Thank you so much. Ali, hey, love you. All right. Great to see you on there. All right. And thank you so much for being here. And uh, Romnav, Romnavarm, 
All right, I hope I'm saying you're right. Hello, thank you so much for being here. Hey, everyone, I don't care if you celebrate Christmas or not, but have a Merry Christmas, have a happy holiday season. Thank you so much for being with me. I'm Otis Landerholm, Landerholm Immigration APC, where we fight for your American dream. If this was useful, please subscribe to our channel in YouTube, hit the notifications bell so we can get other updates and stuff. And hey, if you've got an immigration case, please feel free to give us a call. We are here to help, okay? Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to everybody. We'll see you uh, in the new year, and we'll see you on the next Empowered Immigrant Live. Gracias. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. If you like what you heard and if you want to learn more, please go to landerhomeimmigration.com forward slash podcast.